And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I have to tell you, this week's show is tremendously special to me. It's something that's been in the works for a couple of months now. Such a hardworking individual. And you know my life at the station. It's always pretty busy. But we have him on the line with us today. My very special guest, Isaac Ford. He's a former Augusta police officer. He served 25 years in the United States Marine Corps, which for me is, I'm going to thank him here for his service in just a minute, just a tremendous feat. And he's also an author, an author of a tremendous book that we talked about on one of my shows that I produce called It's Your Life with James Cooley. The book is called Up from the Bottom, a memoir. Isaac Ford Jr. is the author. He's also my guest. First off, Isaac, welcome to the show, my friend. It is so good to talk to you. Well, thank you, Noah, for for having me and uh, uh, honored to be um, collaborating with you on another uh, event show and also to be uh, be blessed with uh, the company of Mr. James Cooley. Yeah, the the, the cooliest man I know because he hosts It's Your Life on The Answer San Diego, 7 to 8 p.m., which I'm a producer of. And I thought, hey, we're talking writing, which is something that I've done throughout the years, and I'm looking to write my first book. James is an author. Isaac's an author. Let's have a special co-host. James, how you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing absolutely wonderful, my friend. And I'll tell you, you got one of the greatest uh, guests uh, on this earth that's uh, joining you today. And uh, I just got so much respect for this young man. I still call him young because uh, I still got him by a couple of years. But <laughs> I am so proud of everything that he has done and that's, that's doing. And uh, I just know his story. And so uh, he is a tremendous guest, Noah. Well, we had him on your show, and when he was in studio, him and I just connected instantaneously. We had some chats before and off the air as well, and I have so much respect for him, and he is hopefully one day going to write another book because I'm loving the one that he already has out there, which is what we're talking about today. So let's dive into it. But before we do that, I know the audience does want to know a little bit about his background, which is obviously very important. So, Isaac, tell me about where you grew up and your upbringing. And more importantly, what was your childhood like? Well, thank you once again. Um, I was born in Washington, D.C., Noah, and I grew up in uh, East Augusta, Georgia, a section of the city affectionately uh, known as the Bottom. And uh, during this time frame, uh, you know, I was surrounded by extended family. Uh, my entire world existed within about a, a mile, mile and a half. And uh, initially, we lived in the Delta Manor housing projects. And the projects at the time were pretty tough. Uh, they actually broke into our apartment while we were in the home. And so there were some challenges. There some challenges in terms of... Uh, not having my father in the home, uh, some challenges. Uh, even though my mother did the best she could, she she struggled from time to time and you know, the depression, in which led to her numbing her pain with alcohol. And uh, so there were there were some some very difficult ebbs and flows along the way. There was some quite a few things that uh, extended family were aware of, but sometimes it's a very difficult thing to to watch things unfold and feel powerless to affect change 
And on a fateful day, uh, when I was about 13 years old, the most trusted person on the planet, my mother, uh, she plunged a steak knife in my left lung. And that day, that event had the potential of destroying the rest of my life. Uh, but for the grace of God, uh, there go I. And so with faith, with extended family, uh, with my church, um, and just a determination that I did not want, uh, I did not want to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I did not want to um, validate a lot of expectations or predictions that some people may have had for people like myself, be it trauma, be it alcohol, be it poverty, be it whatever the case might be. And uh, I, did, I didn't know I was poor up until I was about 15 years old. Uh, so there were some challenges in there. And um, uh, a wise person once said that adversity introduces us to ourselves. So the adversity I experienced in my childhood, growing up in Augusta, Georgia, and then later on uh, working in law enforcement, the Marines, uh, they helped to uh, make the man that I am today. And so very humbled uh, by the opportunities that have been presented over the years. And um, during a fateful um, encounter in 2018, while attending a uh, mental health conference, a National Association of Black Social Workers conference that was hosted in San Diego, struck up a conversation in an elevator. Ten minutes after starting the conversation in the lobby, we exchanged a couple of questions back and forth, and I found out that the lady I'd spoken to, I'd met just 10 minutes prior, was my CPS caseworker from over 41 years ago. And the last time we were in the same space together, I was in ICU recovering from a, a uh, being stabbed by my mother. And so that started the process for me, becoming an author. And so that's uh, that's what I did. I sat down and put pen to paper. And in about five months, I wrote my memoir in an attempt to start and complete my own healing, something I'd never, I'd never begun, but thought about it. And also, I wanted to make sure that at this chapter in my life, I was able to pay, pay it forward and use some of the things that, uh, well, by virtue of me being able to uh, look back and having survived and thrived, been successful in spite of those things, I felt compelled to share my story in hopes that it might help somebody else, Noah. Well, somebody and that's what... That, they had gone... Yeah. I was going to say, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, Isaac, is really, not to interrupt you, but it's about helping people. So by you being able to share your story about what you've been through and because it does make you into the man you are today, had that horrific event with your mother not happened, you might not appreciate what you appreciate. You might not be as determined as you are and taking the path that you took, but others can learn from that. Absolutely. Wow. Isaac, man, I, I myself and my wife, Michelle, have read uh, from the bottom of memoir, I'm telling you, uh, this is my third time around reading it. And every time that uh, I pick up this great uh, piece of writing, who 
and I, I look at and I, I pick out something uh, that I believe that's uh, in your upbringing was very important. And then as you matured uh, to the person that you are today, one one of the things that I that that still brings a light to me. What led you to join the police forces in Augusta, Georgia? I mean, after going through trials and tribulations, and you still. Uh, you went out and you joined the police force. Can you tell uh, uh, the listener on a little bit about that? Well, uh, thank you for your question, James. Initially, I, I got married early. I got married at 20 years old. And the decision to join the police department was more about a job with benefits. Uh, it was just that simple. And so I never really thought about, you know, growing up, I want to be a police officer. But when I became a police officer, I was... I laser focused on making sure that I was going to be a part of the solution. And I was going to make sure that, that the lens that I viewed um, the community I came from was going to be uh, just as um, empathetic and just as just as the lens that I was expected to view other communities in Augusta. And so because of my experiences growing up, you know, I always had uh, a lot of empathetic leanings and I always advocated for the underdog because I am him. And so when I, when I patrol the streets of Augusta and I, I patrol the streets in the communities that were like mine in the exact community, uh, neighborhood that came from, then I looked at the, the work a lot differently. The job had to be done, made arrests, the people still need to go to jail, prison, whatever the case might be. But in terms of the fairness and equity, in terms of the, the way that people were engaged, uh, that was, was uh, decidedly different. And I was 20 years old. Uh, but that was something that my experiences growing up in the community uh, had a lot of influence in the way that I did, I, I approached police work. Noah here on Across the County, my special guest. I'm tremendously excited to talk about author Isaac Ford Jr. From the bottom up, a memoir, tremendous book. You need to pick it up. You need to read this. So many insightful life lessons that you're going to connect with in some way, I truly believe. Isaac, now you served also 25 years in the Marine Corps. Thank you for your service. What was the catalyst that drew you to join? I mean, I know that's a pretty big step. It, it is different from the police force. What did you learn in your terms of service? And how was it different experience-wise from what you experienced in the police force in Augusta? Well, thank you for the question, Noah. I actually was in the Marine Corps Reserves initially before I became a police officer. And the reason why I joined the Reserves initially uh, was for money for school, because I took a break from college. And I needed money, I needed more focus. And so I joined the Marine Reserves with the intent of going to school full time. And then uh, going to school full time and then serving in reserves to get support for that. And then I joined the police department while I was also in the active reserves. And later on, uh, later on, I was activated, well back on active duty and I remained on active duty until 2009 retirement rank of master gallery sergeant. 
That's amazing. I, I, you know, I have so much respect for the people in the military and we're not going to get political on the show, but you and I have had some pretty good conversations off the air. You, uh, what I will say is that you have to really be shaking your head right now at what is going on with, uh, with our military in the world. Having been a serviceman yourself, uh, it, 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 things just don't seem to be handled right. We'll put it that way. I would just say, uh, Noah, that I, I can I say I speak for myself, but I think that there are a lot of veterans I know from a lot of veterans uh, that I know of that we had conversations. Um, a lot of us have a heavy heart looking at the things that happened since uh, over the last several years, especially on January the sixth, when you see images of our brothers and sisters, people we serve with, sometimes in war zones. And you see the take that they take and the, the positions they're taking about the Constitution, about freedom and about equity and about um, just the freedoms that, that we're all supposed to be able to take for granted in this country. And so it's very disheartening to see police officers and active duty and veterans involved in some of the uh, disparate uh, behaviors that we see being played out. And so it's kind of productive of everything that we were taught in the military. In the military and Marine Corps, they said, we're all green. And what they meant by that, Noah, is that we, there's no color here. We're all equal. We're all one. Mm. And that sounds good. But the things we're seeing now shows that's not the case. There are, we come from a cross-section of this country, men and women that serve in the military and law enforcement. And so a lot of those, those, uh, those, Issues and concerns uh, that were under the surface have come to the surface and shown that there is still a significant number of people, percentages of our country that still have, that, that still, uh, they, they yearn for the days of, of, of old and not in, good, not in a good context. And so uh, I think that in 2021, most people in my age, most of the people in this, on this call, they know you're, you're younger than us. <laughs> and I don't think James Cooley or I ever envisioned that, you know, being born in the 60s, that we would see a, t- a day at 2021 that the conversations and, and, the, and the images we see would be reality. And so it's disheartening. And uh, love our country, uh, swore oath to you. Uh, my municipality and to my country, and I'm, I'm quite disappointed. Uh, but I'm hopeful that that uh, people of good conscience will prevail and will be on the footing that we need to be sometime soon. At least that's my prayer. That was where I put my friend, because uh, I believe uh, that uh, some of the things that uh, are happening now and that happens in, in the last year or so are disturbing. But from a military perspective, we had to remain biased because we we were sworn to an oath that we're going to protect this great nation, regardless of whatever the situation or circumstances might be. And I believe that uh, we, I'm talking about the, the veterans and the service members, are still doing our job. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, that we did have uh, some service members and the police, police forces or whatever, whoever that might have been, that uh, decided to uh, turn their head on, on the country. Uh, 
But we have to stay focused. And uh, you mentioned uh, something a few minutes ago that uh, uh, you did 25 great years in this this country, and uh, your uh, initial goal was to go in and get enough money. We call it the GI Bill uh, to get yes. some college, and you turned it into something so much better than that because. Uh, a master gunnery sergeant for a uh, listening audience, if you don't know what that means, that means he made it to the top of the list and then enlisted ranks. And he is the example that everyone wants to be like when you go in, serve your country, uh, and just give everything you got and, and get recognized for those things and just head to the top like you did. And so, my friend, just like I mentioned earlier, I am so proud of you. I am just so happy that you and I are friends and and that uh, I learn from you and you learn from me. And we can teach others to be great like you are. And then Noah, with this uh, across the county, people get an opportunity to know greatness. And they get an opportunity to know what the valid and loyalty to their country is. Amen. It's all about learning from each other. I like what you said, James, because the three of us uh, have certain similarities. We have several differences, but at the end of the day, we can learn from one another. And I hope that's what the audience takes from this as they hear about Isaac's journey through life and what he's been through. And when they read his book, that they can get knowledge from that and better themselves. And thank you, James, for your service, uh, being having retired as a Mustang. And for those that don't know what that is, if somebody comes in as an enlisted person at the lower ranks and they work their way through, through through the ranks, the highest enlisted rank, and then become an officer based on merit because they, they've uh, performed above and beyond and retiring as an officer and then making a very successful uh, transition uh, yourself into corporate America, uh, business, and as an author, motivational speaker, uh, and and the uh, the host of your own show. So I applaud you as well. Thank you for your service and all that you do. You and your lovely wife. Yeah, I have to say both you, James, and uh, also Isaac, both tremendous individuals from what you had to experience growing up in life, and then also both just tremendous men making it through the ranks in the military and making the best of your life. I think you guys have just had tremendous success. I'm inspired by both of you. So both of you, thank you very much. Thank you for the platform, Noah. Oh, always. The platform is always open to you, Isaac, always. I think think sometimes when people, they, they hear law enforcement, they hear military, they hear political leanings one way or the other, uh, they, can, they can forget that there's a way for us to be able to have differences of opinion, mm. political ideologies, and still be respectful. That's right. Uh, and, still, and still be able to affirm each other. And, and that's the model going forward that I think is going to be key to us turning things around in this country. I agree 100%. And, uh, 
Yeah, well, for, from your childhood to your service to this nation, I mean, you've learned a lot and you've become a skilled leader. At least I think you have and a communicator, obviously, so much that others look at it and are inspired. And you have learned so much. Did you always have a book and a memoir in your head as you progressed through life? Or did it finally just hit you at a point where you're like, hey, I have to share these experiences. This is my story and I need to do this. I think that you're exactly right. You know, uh, this book has been, this book was with me probably for about 26, 27 years. And every job that I think that the vast majority of jobs I've done in my adult life, in some form or fashion, I was mentoring, I was teaching, I was trying to inspire people. And every now and then I would tell people when they would make comments to the effect that, uh, yeah, Isaac, you, you got this, you got that, or, or, you came from this, I would correct them and let them know that I said, you have no idea where I come from or where I've been. And at the end of the day, people can sometimes, uh, I said in the book, I said, sometimes take you standing right next to you and I see you or hear you because you make it look too good. So sometimes we can, we can come from adversity and tragedy and, and some dark places, but at the end of the day, when I'm a guest lecturer at USC right now, uh, and they use my book as a case study for resilience. And when I'm talking to the students, I tell them that sometimes uh, uh, people can um, they can forget that people you, that your your past can inform, but it does not have to define who you are or define your destiny or your altitude. And so, uh, for me, uh, the book was in me for better than 25, 26 years. But I think that push that I got on that fateful day in April of, of uh, 2018 was the push that I needed. That was what I considered a God nod, you know, uh, 2,000 miles away from where I grew up, 41 years later, my CPS case, case worker, myself, in an elevator, and we're having a conversation. You, you can't make that up. No, you so can't. It felt like I was, it felt like I, I didn't really have a choice. I mean, it was like higher power was telling me this is something you could share, not just for the sake of writing a book and, 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 and being an author and getting celebrity. I, I didn't think, I didn't know what, he, I didn't know how I was going to do, to be honest with you. I just knew I, I needed to write it. And if, and my thinking was that if it helped 10 people, then it would be worth whatever the time, effort, and the cost of me opening up my, my life as an open book. And I think that James can relate to a lot of that in terms of country boy, city boy, it ain't over yet, in terms of his path. Because there are people that they hear stories, they see things, they see people that are somewhat successful. And they can, they'll say to themselves, I can't do that. Or that's, that's not within my reach. And that's why it's a personal thing, a very personal thing to tell your story. But I think there are a lot of people that need to hear our stories to let them know, yes, you can. And I, told, I would tell people, and I told them to the day after the book, I said, yes, you can do it. You're just as smart or smarter than me. And everything that I did, you can do it a lot younger than I did. And I really believe that. And so... To he, to he, much is given, much is required. And so I think that 
in writing this book. That was one of my big motivations outside of uh, seeking peace and healing. And I think that James can probably relate to that as well in terms of saying how blessed he's been in his life and having and, and letting someone that's out there listening hear how somebody transcended circumstances uh, to do great things. James, go ahead and respond to that, but I'm going to just comment real quickly that uh, I love what you said, Isaac. When God just puts something on your heart, it's not even a when or a how. It's like, I, I have to get this done, and there might not necessarily be a clear reason until it's already, you know, into fruition and you're touching other people's lives in the process. Absolutely. You, you know, I, I, I got to respond to this, Noah, because uh, sometimes we, uh, I can only put myself in this situation, and sometimes we lose the understanding of faith. Uh, and and then sometimes we have to get reacquainted uh, with 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 faith uh, with God, uh, regardless of the situation or circumstances that we have went through. And Isaac, I know you. You're my friend. You're one of my very best friends on this earth. And uh, and you and I talk about this all the time. Uh, so one of the things I want to say, Isaac. Uh, uh, I, I'm a writer just like you are, but um, some of the time that we are writing and we are thinking, what are your most passionate, what are you most passionate about uh, when you write, when you get real acquainted uh, with yourself, uh, when you have uh, rediscovered and re energized with the power of faith what gives you the energy uh to write what's on your mind and does after you think about these things does it become easier for you to write and not get stuck in the zone uh because man your book is so powerful everybody should grab this book immediately so i know that's a lot to unfold but um I'm just so passionate about your book. I'm so passionate about you. I'm so passionate about all the things that you have done and that you are doing. Likewise, brother. I would just say that when it comes down to, uh, I mean, the passion for me, um, I think it's about freedom, feeling free. Uh, and last Saturday, I just turned 56 years old. And to be honest with you, I didn't think I was going to see 30 years old. Not that I was, not that I was suicidal or homicidal or anything, but the hits were coming as you see in the book and the book is the PG version. And so there was just so many things happening over and over again, even though I had faith, I really didn't see myself past three decades. And so for me to get to this point in my life, this chapter in my life, uh, I felt free and I felt, um, very comfortable being vulnerable at this point in my life. And so my thinking was, I'm going to tell my truth and I'm going to do it in a way that I leave people whole. And I took great pains to do that. But I'm going to tell my truth and I'm going to let men know, yes, you could be a tough Marine. You can be, you can have grown up in the projects. 
You could be having gone to combat. You can do all those things, but yes, you can cry too. And you can tell people you love them and you can talk about forgiveness and you can talk about social justice and you'd be all of those things, the duality of man or woman. And so I felt free at this point in this chapter of my life to be able to say what it is that I felt, what I thought and talk about authentically about my child, about my journey. And so I think that that had a lot to do with, with my writing process. Well, I've loved your writing process. I've gained so much inspiration from it, Isaac. And we're going to have to have you back on because we didn't even cover probably half of what I wanted to talk about. And I'd like to continue to have you on to inspire other writers, including myself. So we'll, we'll leave it with this in about 60 seconds. If you could sum up here and across the county, who is Isaac Ford? And what advice would you have for any aspiring writer that might be listening out there? Isaac Ford is that young 13-year-old that uh, many of you may have been, that 30-year-old, that 50-year-old, that person that's gone through, that came from humble beginnings, that comes from uh, adversity, was was formed by adversity, and is still a work in progress. And so I like to think that I'm every American. And so anything that I've done or I'm trying to do now or will ever do, it's possible. If you can look up, you can get up. If not me, then who? If not now, then when? Hmm. And so at the end of the day, uh, Isaac Ford is just, uh, just a, an average guy that had an average life uh, childhood where it was a, a little bit extra childhood and had some ebbs and flows. Uh, but was uh, made better for all of those experiences. Everything in life has to happen. And sometimes your blessings, your true blessings don't come until you've been truly tested. And so that's who I am. And uh, so I'm just grateful that God allowed me to be be here long enough to be able to uh, see some daylight and also be able to share my story and and hopefully touch the lives of some other people through my, my, my challenges and through... Uh, some of my triumphs. Well, I love who Isaac Ford is. I know James Cooley would agree. And I know not only did you pass the test with flying colors, but you have also affected so many lives, including my own. And so I cannot wait for people to pick up your book, which is Up From the Bottom, a memoir, Isaac Ford Jr., Amazon, any place that you might necessarily get your books. Isaac, if people want to contact you, what's the best way they can do that? They can do that. It has my email and my phone number and how to order my book through Isaac, I-S-A-H-C, F-O-R-D, IsaacFord.org. And if you go to that site, then I can give you a signed copy. Uh, I hope that uh, something that's been said in, in this short, this short uh, rendering will be something that will uh, help you or somebody in your life. And uh, I would just ask people if you if you do write if you do buy the book, which I hope you will, uh, tell somebody about it because I'm an independent author. And uh, tell somebody about it, write a review, and I'd love to hear your feedback. And it's also uh, available, just like with James Cooley, Cooley's book, is also available in audiobook now. Oh, I didn't know that. That's excellent. 
And thank you once again, Noah. It was a pleasure having you on. If you want to come back, too, you are more than welcome, because I think there's more to the story we need to share. Okay, well, thank you so much, and thank you, James Cooley, and uh, continued blessings to both of you and all the things that you do. James, any closing thoughts? Absolutely. Uh, this man right here, I tell you, Noah, is a tremendous person. I mean, not only with the achievements that he has accomplished in the things that he is doing right now, but uh, one closing message to the listening audience, he's also one of the best counselors uh, in the world, uh, USC grad. So just like if you have any issues, any concerns, you might want to reach out to this great man. I got him back on the show real soon. He don't know about it yet, Noah. But um, we're going to get him back on. And I just want to say, Noah, thank you for giving me an opportunity to uh, co-host this great event with my best, 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 one of my best, best friends on this earth, Isaac Ford. I love you, brother. I love you. love you. Love you back, brother. Well, it's an honor to have you on, JC. I just felt that with your connection with Isaac, it would add just a great dynamic to the conversation. And I just feel the love between the three of us. And I just can't wait for us all to do this again, because I think this is something that's important that we need to get out there to people, including his book, Up From the Bottom, a memoir from Isaac Ford Jr. Check it out. Give him a contact and get the book. It's going to change your life.